We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Worship. Worship music. I find it's really interesting sometimes. We come to church wanting to be lifted up. But worship starts at home. If you're not prepared to meet with the body of Christ every morning that you come to church, then you're failing yourself and the people around you. Because it's important for the body of Christ to be fit. But if you're not fit, you need to let it be known where the body of Christ can come around and see what the problem is and see if we can't solve it. Sometimes we come to church all beat up and we sit on the pew and we sit through worship and we don't do anything. We don't raise our hands. We don't sing. We don't even pay attention to the words. That's when we know something's wrong with you. And it is imminent for us to realize who we are in Christ. We need to be aware of the part of the body that is not functioning right. When your leg is hurting, you know it. When your arm's hurting, you know it. But there's people in this church that we need to minister to and discern what's going on in their life. Don't meddle. Don't talk about it. Just pray for them. Go to them and talk to them. Engage with them. Like I said, don't meddle. Don't ask a whole lot of questions. Just have a conversation with them. Usually most people that has a problem, if you talk to them long enough, they're going to spill the beans. They're going to let you know what's going on in their life. But if we don't engage, then we'll never know. But as the body of Christ, God will give you discernment about people, what's going on with them, what's happening in their lives, but it's not for you to speak it out. It's for you to go pray for them, talk to them, and see if they will confide in you, and, and pray for them. Praying for them is the most important thing. But I'm really getting off task here. My message is really about worship and service. Worship is something that we do for God, but it's not for Him. Worship is for us. Praising God is for us. He don't need your praise. He don't need your worship. It's to edify you, not Him. Because He says He inhabits your praises. That just brings Him closer to you. So if you sit on the pew... 
and decide you're not going to praise him today or worship him today, then you're just losing out. You need to understand we have a praise and worship team up here that does a great job. Some of the songs they sing, I don't particularly care for. <laughs> but that's me. I don't let that stop me from praising God. If you're letting that for, stop you from praising God, then you're, you, you're losing out. It's not about the song. It's not about the praise and worship team up here. It's about God. If you're not coming here to lift Him up, you might as well just stay at home because you're not going to get anything out of it. It's like they always say, you got to give to get. We were talking back in the office this morning about tithing. 10% is all you have to give. And actually, you're not giving it. That's his. And if you don't think it's his, keep it a while. <laughs> He'll take 100% out of your paycheck. And the government gets a part of it anyway. And I always say, you know, it, 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 in the word it says give the first fruit. Well, 10% is actually the first 10% before the taxes ever come out. So you need to remember when you're paying your tithes, pay the whole tenth, not just part of it. If you're not paying on them taxes, then you're not paying the whole 10%. That's, what, that's just me, though. You have to pay that 10%. Again, I got off task. But that's just something we mentioned back there. And I, it's, it's something that has to be said sometimes. It, it's your responsibility to pay your tithes. And you're not actually paying them. You're giving them freely. Because if you don't give them freely, then you're really not paying your tithes. Or you're not giving your tithes. You're just, you're just thinking you're paying something. God, you don't owe God anything. God owns it all. You're just giving back what he gave you. Let me get back on task here. Uh, <laughs> as we praise and worship, like I said, there's some songs that don't have enough word in them to be called Christian songs. If you'll listen to some of the songs, you can see you can hear them in the secular world, and they made them universal. So where you could be talking about God, or about your 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 husband or your lover or whatever, if you know what I mean. Songs that are universal should not be sung in a church. I don't think anyway. If it, if it could be used and you don't really understand who they're talking about in it, they don't put the word Jesus or God in it. They just put he. They don't even put Lord in it anymore. 
They make it where it's universal so they can sell it to the secular world and to the Christian world. And as a church body, if the song don't have enough word in it that gives you insight to God's word, then that song is not worth singing. There, there is scriptures that you can sing and write down in, in your songs. A lot, a lot of these songs that you hear, like, How Great Thou Art, that is, that's a good song. In Christ Alone, that is a great song. Because it, it really edifies God as you're singing it. But when it starts talking about what you can get instead of what you can give, then there's something wrong with it. Service. Matthew 4.10. Then Jesus told him, go away, Satan, for it is written, you're to worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You have to worship God in spirit and in truth. Because there's a spirit with every song. Every song has an agenda to sway you in, in, in the way you want it, they, the way they want you to go. Back when I was in the world, and you went to a, a, a club, they sing beer drinking songs. They had a spirit on them. They could make you feel sorry for yourself. They could make you feel good about yourself. They could make you feel lonely. They could make you feel angry. And all these things are because of a spirit. So when God said, worship him in spirit and in truth, he meant you need to be in his word. You need to be in his truth. Because when you're worshiping something, because if you're singing a song in the world, you're worshiping something that you're singing about. You're lifting your voice to something you really don't understand what you're doing. And that goes to my next verse. It's, in, uh, it's about the woman at the well. Jesus said, you, know, you don't know what you're worshiping. She did not know what she was worshiping. And then she turned around and said, we, yeah, we, we know what we worship. We worship on this mountain. But she didn't understand. Let's see, let me go to that scripture. Scripture. 
4.14. Let's see. John 14. Okay, it's uh, actually 19. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. Our father worshiped on this mountain. But you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus told her, believe me, woman, and the hour is come. He was telling her it was now, it has come, when you will worship the Father neither on the mountain or in Jerusalem. The Samaritan, worship, the Samaritan worships what you do not know. We know what we do worship because salvation is from the, for, from the Jews. 23. But the hour is come, the hour is coming, and it is now here, when the true worships, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants you, such people, to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, He, to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming, and who is called Christ? When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus told her, I am the one speaking to you. The one speaking to you am he. I'm going to read that again. Uh, Jesus said, to unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. That's in the King James Version. So Jesus actually confessed to her that he is that Messiah. And then she runs to town because he tells her everything she has done. She knew he knew she, did, she didn't have a husband, and the man that she was with wasn't her husband, and she had five before that. But he knew enough about her that she was willing, because she was at the well, because she had to go there when nobody else was there, because nobody else cared for her. She went back to the village and told everyone, Come see the man who told me everything that I've done. And they came to him. She was the first woman 
that went and preached the word of God. Come and see that man. He, she says, he is the Christ. Or, or is he not the Christ, is what she said. Is he not the Christ? She knew who he was. She was a changed woman after she had, she had been spoken to by Jesus. And if we'll just listen sometimes... When people speak to you in their lives, you'll know exactly what they need you to pray for and you need to uh, be willing to sacrifice some time in prayer over them. You know, we, we pray here every Sunday morning it's important for you to engage in prayer, in our corporate prayer here every morning. That, that means that we're, we're not standing around talking. We're not uh, out in the hallway debating about something. It's to be in here at prayer time. Getting ourselves prepped for our service. Because one of these days that door is going to open and there's going to be people walking in here that don't know who God is. And as each member here that's been over here over a month or two months should have enough word in them, enough discernment in them to teach, to minister. To anyone that needs it. I'm not one that likes to sit in front of a crowd. I'm not comfortable with it. Never have been. But it's important for every person to take it upon themselves to be a minister of the word. And... and I had spoken to a lady one time, and I'm not going to mention her name, but sometimes we think we can come into church and think we got more word than the pastor, and we should be up here the one teaching and preaching. Your ministry is not in this church. Your ministry is past that door out there. Your ministry is to teach and preach in your neighborhoods. If you're not willing to be like the lady at the well and go back and tell your village what God knows about you and what you know about God, then you're not doing what God's purposed you for. Because most people come to church and they'll always want, well, I don't, know the, I don't know my purpose. It's simple. He said, go out and preach and teach his word. Be a witness. Just be a witness. Always know who you're talking to. 
You don't have to take your Bible and beat them over the head. Talk to them. Engage with them. Get to know them before you start shoving words down their throat that they don't want to hear. If you'll engage in people, they'll let you know what they need in their life. And most people that know I'm a Christian, like this past Halloween, I went to the neighbor's house. She invited us over. And I really didn't care for, you know, to go over there. It's not something that I would normally do. But it was the right thing for me to do, to get to know them, to see what they're about, to engage in them. They told me things that I didn't ask to know. <laughs> and most of the time, usually, I will know a person before they ever speak. I've learned to read people over the years because I worked in a job where I worked hundreds of people from different parts of the United States, and you have to learn quick to read people. So when I talk to somebody, I usually know just by their language. They'll slip and say a cuss word, and they'll say, I'm sorry. <laughs> they don't bother me anymore. It used to. Matter of fact, if I hang around you long enough, I'll usually say something about it. If you're a, a foul-mouthed person, I'll say, you know, you've took God's word, name in vain. Uh, about every, every sentence, you've, you, you've used it in vain. What's your problem with God? And, I, and you know, I, I, if I hang around long enough, I know him well enough that I can say that. And it, it, it just, it, it's in all of them. You know, what do you mean? No, I don't. I'll, I'll say, yeah, you do. Every, every sentence that we've talked, since I've talked to you today, you've used God's name in vain. I said, what do you have against God? I mean, it's just as simple as that. I mean, it's, it's not rude. It's just you've you got to know when to say it and how to say it. And, and I wouldn't be crude with them or, or uh, mean to them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it out of anger. I was just doing it out of love. I mean, well, why would you keep using God's word, uh, name in vain? It's important for us as Christians, and I've known some Christians that when they lose their temper, they lose their Holy Ghost. <laughs> I do get angry. But I learned years ago, even as a kid, I knew when I could cuss, and I knew when I couldn't cuss. So it's easy for me. When I get angry, I may think it sometimes, but I never speak it. I mean, you can get mad enough and, and things well up in you that you want, and you just catch yourself. But there's some people that when they get angry, Katie, bar the door. I mean, it's just a gusher. And that is pent-up anger. That doesn't have anything to do with the moment you're in. It's an issue that's been festering for a long time. 
So when you have someone or a friend that has that problem, number one, they got an anger issue. Number two, they got issues that they haven't been dealing with. And you that's your time to kind of little, do a little investigation and find out what the problem is. Because usually when people get that angry and lose their cool, and you see them in church, and they're the perfect Christian. But when you get them past them doors out there, it's like the devil sitting on their shoulder. And I used to be that way. When I walked out the door, the devil was sitting on my shoulder. I'd get angry, and I'd say words that I didn't need to be saying. But God took care of that. I am someone that can get angry without getting out of control. I'm someone that can handle pressure without getting all flustered. Most of the people I work for on big jobs, they always wondered, why are you so even kill all the time. I said, why, why, why are you, why are you, why are you not up in arms about this? I said, what's that going to change? Me getting mad and screaming and hollering. I said, it don't do any good. It just makes them matter. I got a crew of angry people. Next thing I know, I've got more issues to deal with than, than I had before. You can't get angry about things that happen. You just have to deal with the issue. Take care of the problem. And as Christians, that's what we do. We need to maintain our life to the point that any time we get flustered or in crisis, that we can handle it by God's word, by God's help. Because when we start handling things on our own, we lose control. You can't handle it on your own. Only God can handle it with you. There's some things you can do, but there's some things that you need God to do. And when you're talking to somebody, you need to pray before you go into it. You need to let God know that he's in control. And he, he, he is to give you the words to speak. And the wisdom to speak them right. Because sometimes the words you speak, they come out and you mean them in good, but they really rub people the wrong way. So you got to use wisdom when you speak to people sometimes. It's very hard for us I have uh, a son and a nephew. And they're both cut from the same cloth. And for some, for some reason, I wonder if they're even kin to me. Everybody has these people in their family. And they used to make me so mad. that I would lose control with them. 
But I can talk to my son and never raise my voice. And he's 40-something years old now, and he'll cry like a baby. I don't know what it is about the way I speak or the what I say, because I only speak the truth to him. I, I don't beat him up. I just speak the truth to him. But he'll cry like a baby sometimes. My nephew, he, he's, he's been in trouble all of his life. He's been angry. It has nothing to do with him. It's his, his issues with his parents. But he's a kid that you can't trust. He's a kid that you've got to know him before he comes in your house. You have to watch him. And see, I learned these things from all the jobs I've been on. People will rob you blind. If you let them, you got to read them quick. You got to make sure what they're doing in your life because they can take from you and ruin your life. So you've got to be, you've got to be alert and you've got to be willing to discern what that spirit's on them because it, it is of a spirit that they're coming in your life sometimes. There's people that's going to come through the door of this church. They're going to have a different spirit on them that doesn't have anything to do with God. You're going to have to be able to discern what that person's doing. That tells me my time's up. And I didn't even get started. <laughs> I really hadn't. I apologize. Uh, I'm going to take about five more minutes. Well, I know I've got 15, but we usually take a little break and everybody's time to stretch their legs. Let me try to get back on task here. It, you know, as I was studying yesterday, I was skimming things about music and uh, different things about worship. And uh, I listened to this guy talk about how they choose the songs they put in songbooks. And uh, there's some songs that are too hard for a Christian to listen to. Like if... if, if uh, The song is, uh, let me go back to it. In Christ Alone, there's words in there that are too hard for a Christian to listen to. And they won't put it in a book because it's too hard for the, for the now Christian. You know, there, there's now Christians and there's Christians. There's there's Christians that don't care for for the the, the sin part of the Bible, 
They don't want to be told they're a sinner. See, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'll be a sinner until God takes me out of this world. You cannot. Your flesh, your flesh is the part of you that, 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 that sins. You, your, your spirit can either follow the spirit of God or it can follow the flesh. You, you have to crucify that flesh every morning. You got to be willing to crucify that flesh and do the will of God. It's hard, especially when you get angry or you want something. See, we, we as, uh, as Americans, we want everything on a platter and we need nothing. There's not one thing that you have at your home or on your person that you need. Because when you leave this world, it's, it's all over with. Somebody else is going to be using your car. Somebody else is going to be spending your money. Somebody else is going to wear your clothes. When you're gone, they ain't nobody going to care. They're going to take all your stuff. There are kids waiting for their parents to die. <laughs> and you think I'm kidding. There's, there's kids waiting for their parents to go. They're that greedy. There's nothing in this world worth the God I serve. I'm not going to give him up for anything. When we worship this morning, we need to outpraise the praise and worship team. We didn't come here to listen to them. We come here to interact with God with them. We come here to worship and to praise the God that created you, that made you. We're not here to worship the creation. We're here to worship God and God alone. And in spirit and in truth. You know, I've went to church on and off all my life. I know enough about church to know when we're having church. Everybody understand what I'm saying? I know when we're having church. When God is moving in our lives, in this building, you can see it on you. You can hear it in your voice. You can see it in your waving of your hands. God is so awesome that he's seen me through the most tragic accident in my life. And my poor wife had to go through it. It was harder on her than it was on me. And I was the one having to take the pain pills. 
I was the one having to take the drugs. I was the one that had to go through rehab. But it was harder on her than it was me. God is so awesome to see us through what we're going through. I never one time worried about myself when I was in the hospital. I went through a surgery on my neck. And it was the most miserable, miserable thing that I ever went through in my life. But God seen me through it. I had a church body praying for me religiously. If I hadn't had all this prayer going up for me, there's no telling what I'd went through. But let me tell you something. I was praying too. I was praying for my wife. And let me tell you something. If you ever seen a bad patient, I'm a bad patient. Amen. I, 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 have, I have no patience. And I would admit, I will admit to that. I, I, I have no patience. They come in there and ask me questions. Or I would tell them I'd want something. And they say, well, you don't need that. I say, wait a minute. I'm the patient. I'm the one that knows what my body needs. I need some medicine to cut this pain. But I was pretty hard on them, and I and I, I do realize that. And, and and I had a little lady come in here. She was in. Uh, she was going to be the therapist, and she wanted me to get out of bed. But she wanted me to get out of the bed on the wrong side. And everybody know what the wrong side of the bed is? It's on the side you don't never get up on. And if you do have to get up on it, guess what? You're in a bad mood. Well, she found out how bad mood I was. I never got cross with my words, but I did pray in tongues. And Crystal is my witness. This woman was so freaked out, she left the room. And, and left me alone. But God knew what I needed to do to get this woman off me. Because she was hurting me more than she was helping me. And I felt bad afterwards. And we, and we did, fi she finally sent somebody else to my room to do the therapy. So she didn't want to get any more tongues spoken to her. I mean, it, it, it took everything I had to control my, my uh, flesh words, so to speak. So I had the Holy Ghost to speak for me. I don't know what it said, but it was enough to help me out. But God is so awesome. He is the most wonderful help you could ever get he is our strength he is our very hope he's our provision he's our provider 
He's the healer. And you know something? The thing about God is he built it in us that when we hurt or we get cut, that we heal. God built it in your DNA. When something's wrong with your body, he made it where it would heal. People always want to look for a healing. They're getting a healing every day. When you wake up and every bone in your body hurts, and you still get up and you finally work all them kinks out, well, that's God healing you. You're getting over that pain. You know, I, I woke up every morning in the hospital, and sometimes I would wonder, you know, what did I do? What, why did this happen to me? And I just said, well, God needed me to rest. God just needed me to rest. And I got plenty of rest. <laughs> A lot more than I really wanted to. But as I, would, I tell most people, I'm not somebody that likes to rest. I do more resting now than what I usually do. But uh, when I get out in my yard, I do everything I can. Crystal won't let me on a ladder, so I have to wait till she leaves. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 push, I push the limits with my body. And I, I, and I know I do. And I always have. And we always wonder why we hurt and our, and, our, and our body don't work as well as it should. It's because we didn't take care of it over the years. I mean... I used to tell the young guys when they'd jump off the truck, I said, look, when you get my age, you'll wish you hadn't done that. When you drop, when you drop off a six-foot drop with you and think you can bounce back every time, well, eventually that bounce back don't bounce back. You either break something or something tears loose. And I found that uh, I don't fall. Because I always look for the fall. If you're looking for the fall, you're looking for that trip hazard, you're looking for something to make you stumble, then you're not going to stumble. But if you don't have discernment and pay attention to where you're going, I heard this song. It was a rap song. And I, I'm thinking it was a, a Christian rap. But he had a phrase in there. He says, double check your steps. And he sung it, he sung it uh, the, the, the chorus three times, or yeah, the chorus three times. He says, double check your steps. So I'm telling you right now, double check your steps to make sure you're not going to fall. Make sure you're not going to walk into something you don't need to be in. And, and the reason why I'm saying this, because my physical body, when I was getting over my injuries and stuff, I had to make sure I didn't fall because my neck was broke. And you don't want to fall when you already got a fracture in your neck. 
And my fracture was kind of like the one of the worst fractures you could get because I could have very well been paralyzed from the neck down. And I, you know, that's just God. So I, I never, I never got, I never questioned God about that injury because I could have been paralyzed. There's a lot of worse things in this life to go through than what we're going through, each one of us. There's a lot worse stuff to go through than what you're going through. So thank God for what you're going through. He'll see you through it. God is so awesome in his power, but we need to learn to give him all the glory. We need to praise him like he is the lottery that you could win. Because you want to know something? He is the lottery that you need to win. That eternal life with him beats the eternal life with the other. Because you're going to spend eternity somewhere. So all I got to say now, and I'm going to let this go, get into the word, know who you're talking about, Know your subject. Christ is Lord. And that's all you need to know. He is Lord. you got to make Him Lord of everything in your life. Every avenue. Take that thing in your head and fill it with words. It will get down in the heart. And then it will come right back out in the mouth. Because if it's not in here, it can't come out here. Because if it's in here, it gets all jumbled up with the flesh <coughs> and you speak words that are not true. You try to use God's word with this, with this right here, it don't work. you got to have it in the heart. It's got to come out of the heart. God bless you. Thank you for coming. I'm sorry I took so long. <laughs> Y'all go ahead and uh, enjoy your rest of the morning. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.